I've been there. I've been the guy next to the guy who verbally abuses, degrades, and bullies a woman. And I didn't say anything. Sometimes I even laughed. It's not cool. And it was never cool. And we're better than this. We need to be better than this. For the sake of our own daughters. For all daughters. For all women everywhere. Because everyone is worthy of respect and safety, regardless of who they are and who they're related to. Until men stand up and hold each other accountable, we will all still be the guy next to the guy. So do something about it. Do something about it. Do something about it. So do something about it. Welcome to the Rechoice Podcast. All right, last week in part one, you heard Chris talking about fathering together, his organization that he works with that has really grown a lot in the last two years. You know, um, in that clip that you just heard was a group of fathers making a stand. And it's not easy as a dad or as a leader to make a stand. You're going to hear some examples of that coming right up in part two. Enjoy. Now, I want to pin down two things that I know about Chris Lewis and give you an opportunity to speak into that. One is because it, it, it all it all surrounds this topic, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start with your dad. Okay. You know, it's interesting to me how fatherhood is such a, a passion of yours. And you know what else is education? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your dad. Sure. Yeah, my dad, Dwayne uh, Lewis, he he and I, uh, he was an educator all of his life. I, my mom was too, and um, you know, so growing up in an education family, uh, actually, my aunt and uncle uh, were both educators. My my grand both my grandparents, and my dad's side, were both educators. Um, you know, so I come from a long educator family, so education's always been important. Uh, my dad, though, was a he was a uh, a science teacher, a guidance counselor, a high school principal, assistant principal, and ended his career as a assistant superintendent in charge of human resources. And, um, you know, he, he also was a coach. He was a basketball coach. Um, very busy, kind of like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, one of the things that I learned, and he even says this today, is he he understands that how busy he was also took him away from being present at times in my life when I was growing up. And one of the things I always said when I had kids was that I wanted to make sure that no matter how busy I was, that I was always was always able to go to events and activities and and be a part of the kids' lives. And and definitely that has that is uh, there's always been something there that has allowed for me to be able to say, you, you know, in picking jobs and picking opportunities um, to, that I want to get involved in is what, how will that impact my ability to be able to be present with my kids? And I've always been very um, upfront and intentional when when I talk to, let's say, my employers and saying, I can do these things, but if if my kids have something, I want to be there. 
you know, that's important to me. To be able to create that and, boundary. And yeah. Right. And be able to have that boundary and be able to explain to them um, that that the per, my personal life is also important. So so that's definitely something. And, um, you know, he my dad always put forth 110 percent. I think I always put 110 percent in. Um, so I definitely learned that hard work in, in watching my both my parents, really, uh, and the work that they did. Um, but, but, uh, but, you know, and being passionate about what you, what you do, uh, both my parents were both very passionate about the work that they did and the, and the work that they loved. And that was education. Um, while I am not a teacher per se, I've gotten involved, I've personally decided to get more involved with our schools. And, and at first it was just, you know, volunteering, you know, helping, you know, connect the school district with resources, but then it was running for school board and being on the school board. Um, you know, I've been, uh, this is my second stint on the school board. I was on for about a year that stepped off. Um, and then I've been on now for a few years again. And, um, and they're six year terms. So it's a, they're, they're long terms, yeah. but, but, and a lot of things can happen in six years, but, uh, but it's, it's important work and it's important to be, to really, uh, I, I find anyways, that especially when you have kids in the district allows for you to be able to give, get a better understanding of the inner workings of this, of the district, but also have a say in some of the direction to make sure that kids are getting the best education that they can. And I'll tell you, I mean, as a school board member right now, I mean, it's, it's challenging. The work is very challenging. It is, I will say that any person that is on a school board, that is probably one of the hardest roles that you can have as a elected official. It is unpaid work that is meant you put many hours into, mm-hmm. especially in especially times of crisis. Well. Yeah. And if you want to do it well, um, you know, there's, a, there's continuing education that you can do. Uh, if you choose to do that, um, there's a association called the Michigan Association of School Boards, MASB, that does continuing education and encourages all school board members to do continuing education. Um, but not everybody does it. But but I I did all of my as they say kind of the level ones which not everybody does so I became a certified school board member this spring, um, but that's nine different classes mm-hmm. in continuing education that you have to take, um, and it goes through it goes through lots of different things, but I think that it's important to better understand the schools. Um, whether you have an education background or not, you know, there's a ton that people don't understand about the inner workings of how a school district works. I mean, they are mammoth organizations, if you think about it. They have a huge budget that comes in, depending on even where where you live. But when you're talking about personnel, you're talking about the importance of curriculum and, and education um, and safeguarding students. Uh, you know, there's so many complexities that go into place. Complexities. Um, and I would also say competing agendas. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. isn't that a part of the, uh, the difficulty of a position like that is yeah. don't go in there if you're a people pleaser, because, uh, yeah. there's going to be times where your, your choice is bad and worse gonna, yeah. or, yep. or, or, um, multiple choice, but no matter what choice you make, there's going to be a, a segment that's not pleased. 
Yeah, there's there's been numerous times where that's the case. You know, we we had a situation in our school district that uh, where we came forward with a a policy to safeguard all kids in our district, including transgender kids, because our policies did not have anything in place that that we felt um, safeguarded transgender kids from from uh, and being for them them to be able to be uh, be who they are so we put something forward and and that split the community i mean it it truly split the community to the extent that a group that was not happy with that decision um, tried to try to vote four of us off the board and and three of us kept our seats and one of us did not yeah. And and we're still dealing with some of the the ramifications of that. Um, even and that's been it's been almost two years since that decision was made. Um, I mean, right now in the midst of COVID nineteen, I mean the decisions that all school boards are making are not going to please everybody. And by the time this comes to, out, <laughs> yeah, uh, listeners, we're recording before the school year. Um, but I have a feeling this is going to be coming out uh, probably right around school opening. So, yeah. so please continue, Chris, in terms of what you were just saying, though, in terms of. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just, there. it's just, yeah, it's just hard because, you know, you, you look at your different communities and you're, you're dealing with, with competing agendas, as you said, um, in regards to the importance of kids learning in person, which I'll be honest. I mean, I think any person would say the best place for a kid to learn is inside of a classroom. Right. Right. But right now, the question is, is that the safest place for the teacher and for the students in regards to staying, staying healthy and safe? The problem that you run into is not only not only is the this virus that we're dealing with, but at the same time, there is a there's an inequality between school districts in in the state of Michigan. We have proposal A. Proposal A was supposed to level the field in regards to schools having kind of equal amounts of money, right? Um, trying to take the the high end, the kind of keep the high end um, schools that were making a ton of money back in the 1980s, you know, level, but not, but it, and then trying to bring up stu- some of the school districts that were at the bottom area, but and kind of meeting in the middle. It didn't happen. Yeah, in terms and, of resources, and, right? Yeah, in terms of resources, it didn't happen. The the haves kept on having, the have-nots kept on not having. Um, and there's been some benefits to it, but there are still inequalities. Um, what we find as a school district in mid-Michigan is that as a school district, even though our schools tend to, and over the last three years, we've come out on top um, and it been like either the number one or number two school district in regards to performance in all of Ingham County, we are paid per student at the lowest level of mm, any school in our school yeah. district. And yeah. so the problem that we run into is we have one of the lowest fund balances of all of our schools because of some decisions that were made a number of years ago. But we've been building back from that. But when you look at things like COVID, yeah, and how the, much? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And, and when you're looking at the PPE that has to be paid for, and and all of the costs that that come into keeping kids safe, we were looking at things like if we want to be in, if we wanted to be in person, 
it was going to be over $4 million just to have the equipment and to set up the classrooms in the right way. And our fund balance is at 8%. Now, our fund that means that at, the, at this point, at the time of this recording, we had a little over $1.8 million in our fund balance. Now, that's that's a small amount of money in regards to that's most fund small. balances. Yeah. yeah. But it's much better than where, where we have been. And 8% was a goal that we set, and we hit it. But if we go in and we completely wipe out that 1.8 million, and then we have to try to yeah, find real precarious situation, then yeah, right, right. If we have to find another, let's say three million, where is that going to come from? I mean, I mean that's going to come from staff, programming, you know, other yeah. things that are going to impact the students in different ways. And as a school board member, one of your primary roles is to look at the finances of the district um, and to make sure that you're being fiscally responsible. Uh, not everybody likes that. Not even my kids <laughs> like the, like the, like the fact oh, that we're starting the year online, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but then I get that, but, but it's not, a, it's, a, it's, it's not an easy thing. Hey Siri, tell me a joke. A Roman walks into a cafe, holds up two fingers and gets five coffees. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was good Siri. But do you know what's not so good? Bad breath, even coffee breath. So let today's sponsor help you and your family out. We're talking about our friends at Bretton Gardens Family Dentistry in Kentwood, Michigan. Professional, friendly, uplifting, understanding, and experienced. Make your next appointment by giving them a call at 616-455-0720 or find them in our show notes. So Siri, I'm smelling that breath. Where will you go once this podcast is done? Bretton Gardens Family Dentistry. And Joe, I am smelling your breath too. Isn't it about time for your next appointment? Let's get back to the show. Thank thank you for um, just kind of like letting us peer inside on the life of a board member in that case, because it is, it's difficult. It can be, I, I don't know that people appreciate the complexity there. And again, all unpaid just on, and, and to circle back now to being a father. And I I think this applies to everybody. And as a dad myself, I still fight that, that competing interests uh, just in my own life, (laughs) you know, like, uh, I feel like I'm never done. That's my issue to figure out, but I can always do more as a teacher. I can always do more as a father. I can always do more in being healthy. I can always do right. So yep. back to being balanced and having a community that is able to, to serve that, you know, to be able to, to, to help, to help with that in those areas. That's the benefit of having 125,000 members is that <laughs> no matter what I'm struggling with, there's going to be somebody else out there too. Yeah. I'm not alone yeah. in this. Yeah. No, it's, it, and that I think that's so important. And the fact that the thing that I love about the groups is that a lot of the conversations that are happening here are things that you might not be comfortable going next door and talking to your neighbor about. <laughs> yeah, but good point. But you know, even though even though Facebook is not anonymous, right? People are still willing to go in, and they're willing to say things that they typically would not say to a a person like that. Hmm. Now, 
I, I think that that's a good thing because yeah. well, and, and hopefully yeah, so you can cool. get to a yeah, hopefully you can get to a point where you're willing to talk to your neighbor about things like that and not feel self-conscious about it. But but I understand that, you know, there's a there's sometimes a difference in seeing some someone that you see every day versus someone that is in another country or yeah. someone that is on the other side of our country. Chris, Chris, I haven't thought of it that way before in terms of the, you know, how people always say, oh, you're so brave online. You, you'll say whatever you want online. You'll make fun of people online. I haven't heard, I haven't thought about it this way that I will let my guard down online. <laughs> you know, I will, uh, just name, name things I got to take care of online. I, I think that's kind of a neat way to look at it. Yeah. And I think in, in closed groups, I see that more than, you know, some people are, you know, say quite a bit on their personal page. I can say that some people don't because of the roles that they have or, you know, how they want to be seen in their own community. I mean, the thing that any person has to understand about social media is it follows you. Yeah. And even even in even in private groups, I mean, there's always the potential that somebody it, is taking a screenshot. So you have mm-hmm. to be, be aware that that could happen. Now, in our groups, that one of the things that we say is what happens in this group stays in this group. And if you take it outside of the group, you're out Yeah, because it's supposed to be a safe space. But, you know, I, I'm teaching my kids today that if there's something that you don't want everyone to see, then you shouldn't be posting it because because that's that's something that you just have to be aware of in today's society that you put something out there. It can follow you for years. Well, hey, Chris, as we wrap things up here, you know, is there a surprise you've had? Um, I'm coming back now to uh, fathering together. Is there, is there a, any surprises you've had with that that you didn't expect or, or that, wow, I'm glad that happened? Well, you know, one of the things that happened to us in the summer that was a really big surprise that was a very welcome surprise was that we were accepted into uh, the a, a, something called the Facebook Accelerator Program, which is a program that where they've selected 71 different groups across the entire world. And they are basically helping those groups to um, to grow. And to and they're putting money into those groups to help them to grow. Uh, they're they're helping them to connect with um, professionals to learn more about fundraising, to learn more about membership membership development and growth. Uh, you know, it's a it's an accelerator program to help with the building of community, and and that was a a really exciting thing um, because there's tons of different Facebook groups that could have been a part of this. And I think there were thousands of ones that applied to be a part of it. And we were one of the, we were one of the 71. So we were really Congratulations. excited about that. That's, yeah. you know, and, and with, with uh, what you hear about Facebook these days, it's not always positive news. Yeah. So, so yeah. to hear that um, they're devoting some time and energy and resources to the positive side of community online. Yeah. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. And in the stories that we're in the North American um, accelerator group, as you might have guessed, but <laughs> that uh, there are so many amazing groups that, it's amazing. that are in it's this. global, though, isn't it? I mean, that's, well, yeah. 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 And there's just so many amazing groups that are in this that are doing just very, very cool things. Um, and 
uh, I mean, there's a group, there's a group in the accelerator that's all about um, of, of people that love octopus, octopuses, <laughs> octopi, right? you know, however you say it, but it's, a, it's, it's, um, but it's just for fans of, of that. And, but there's, yeah, you a, are not alone. There are many yeah, others. <laughs> there are many others. I mean, this group has over a hundred thousand members. That's great. I mean, you know, it's, it's, but it's, but, but there's a lot of other ones that are very, that are much more, they're nonprofits they're and they're, um, they're just doing amazing things within their communities or within their areas. So. Hi, I'm Chris, and I started the Dads of Daughter group, and I wanted a place for dads to connect with other dads to be able to have that community. Hi, my name is Matt Ketchall. I help create a bunch of dads group on Facebook. The inspiration behind the group was just for a place for dads just to come and get advice. We just wanted a community. We wanted a community that allowed for people to be able to connect together. I think that it's really great that my dad's doing this because he can reach out to people and help other people around the world. We want a place that any father can come and feel accepted. Dads helping dads, that's what it's all about. We all learn from each other. We all come together with the same passion, the same love for our daughters. And that, for me, is one of the best things about the group. Well, Chris, is, is there anything else you want to say uh, to this per, this particular group? You know, I I I so appreciate what you're doing. I love the the stories that you're sharing. Um, you know, this is it's been great uh, listening, and I'm going to say reconnecting to some people that I know that you've <laughs> yes. already interviewed. Um, but uh, but I would encourage any anyone that's a father out there that wants to connect with other dads to check out our communities. Um, go to fatheringtogether.org uh, to check out uh, the organization in general. And, um, you know, we have our Dads with Daughters podcast, but we also have our Facebook communities as well, which is Dads with Daughters by Fathering Together and Dads with Sons by Fathering Together. We have a number of subgroups as well. Um, and it's just, a, again, it's a great way to be able to connect with other dads. Um, and women are definitely involved involved in our uh, nonprofit as well, because you can't do gender equity work without mm -hmm. having women involved. Um, so we're always looking for women that want to connect with us as well. And uh, they can, any, any woman that has an interest in getting involved on that aspect, um, definitely send us an email at info at fatheringtogether.org. And uh, we definitely would love to talk with you as well. Great. Well, thank you. And uh, listeners, check the show notes. You're going to see some of those links as well. I, I'm going to get that commercial up there too. I think that'd be a great idea. Um, yeah, thank you. And then, so you're saying subgroups. Are you telling me there's Harley riding octopus loving father fatherhood group? <laughs> not <laughs> there, yet. There might be though. Yeah, yeah might, not might yet. Not yet. Not that I've seen. <laughs> that might be a good partnership with the octopus lover group. You know, Dads uh, who love octopi. Yeah, and and ride Harley, Harleys. And and ride yeah. Harleys. All that's right. right. <laughs> well, Chris, I've always looked to you as a leader and a connector, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that you've put years into supporting dads and creating ways to connect them. So you know, back on episode twenty six, that was the uh, Father's Day podcast, and you, you mm -hmm. participated in that. That was I did. the dad I did. joke special with my son and I. Um, but you let our listeners know back then about a book called Fathering Stories. Right. Yes. Uh, care, yeah. care to say anything about that? Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, for Father's Day this year, um, I, t I talked earlier about the fact that fa stories are so important. 
And we created a book, an ebook that was filled with the stories of about 25 different fathers from across the, the world. And they range the gamut from uh, dads that have lost children to co-parenting fathers to um, dads with daughters, dads with sons. In, in they're very powerful stories. The book is only a dollar ninety nine. I mean, and it's that's not, the deal, man. That's a yeah. deal of century. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is not expensive. You know, it's out on pretty much every platform where you can find an electronic book. But it is a great read. It won't take you too long. But the stories are really profound. And I think any parent will learn from these stories. I mean, it's, it's called fathering stories, but it doesn't mean that only fathers will find something within it. I think mothers will find things in it, you know, really anyone, and be able to see the, the passion that these fathers had yeah, for their children and for their roles as fathers. Well, thank you. And hey, I'd also like to send you the the book Without a Father um, from our guest way back in episode eight. Kenny Joyner out of South Carolina. It's already on its way, my friend. All right. Um, well, thank you, man. Thank you <laughs> you're so welcome. much. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, thank you for your time this early weekend morning uh, to challenge us to up our father fatherhood game. Um, challenge accepted. So thank you so much, Chris. Thanks, Joe. Chris and his daughter Paige sing a song that was one of the quiz questions featured on the last episode. And by the way, this video is from about, oh, a little over three years ago. Nicely done, Chris and Paige. And as you've heard, Fathering Together keeps on growing. Follow them on Facebook. You can access their webinars, including a recent one with a panel of women describing the importance of fathers. Access the show notes to learn more. You can also find the ebook Fathering Stories now being sold for only a buck 99. That's a deal. Chris, thanks again for being a light for fathers as well as a, as your for your service to public education. Do you want to learn more about the podcast? Go to our rechoicepod.com website where you can participate, hear old episodes, and choose your own rechoice word. Thank you to my son, Danny Pellerito, for writing and producing our music. And listeners, thank you for stopping by. Reframe your past, renew your present, and reclaim your future. Because after all, it is always a choice. Take care and see you next time.